Welcome to the Coaching DNA Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Wyckoff. I'm also the founder of Kingdom Coaching, my consulting business in which I coach leaders. This is part one of my conversation with Lonnie Alameda. Lonnie is the softball coach at Florida State University. During part one, we discuss getting the Florida State job, what she does well, creating a family environment, and much, much more. Lonnie has had unbelievable success at Florida State, winning the national championship in 2018 and playing for two others in 23 and 21. So without further ado, my conversation with Lonnie Alameda. Lonnie, thanks so much for uh, creating some space. I know you guys are getting getting into the thick of, of fall season. Why don't you walk us through your journey from high school to present day? Yeah, thanks, Travis. Excited to be here. Um, uh, been hard to track each other down, so this is fun to get together right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, so Lonnie Alameda, um, everyone calls me Kocha, uh, which is kind of fun, and that's kind of part of my journey um, getting here to Florida State uh, with the nickname, which I'll kind of talk about a little later, but um, I am born, raised in Northern California, El Dorado Hills, a little outside of Sacramento, um, had some amazing parents and grandparents that were really big into, uh, traveling. And, uh, I was, um, big with my mom and horseback riding and, um, camping and all that kind of fun stuff. So, um, for the athletes that grow up today that are diehard their sport by the nine, 10 year old range. <laughs> um, I was probably out camping and doing some things at that age and uh, looking back later in life, uh, pretty excited that I uh, had those opportunities. And mm-hmm. so, um, but, you know, I came along to get involved in sports. My, my parents were pretty athletic involved in sports. So um, got into some foothill league, Bobby socks and um, just uh, fell in love with softball, even though I played basketball and tennis and, you know, of course, uh, rode horses and showed horses and all that kind of stuff. So um, later down the line, I uh, got the opportunity to um, pitch a little bit for my high school team. And um, so there came some chances to maybe go to university from there. So interviewed or, or went to visit a couple schools and um, ended up going to St. Mary's um, uh, NII school in um San Antonio, Texas. And, uh, you know, uh, I guess the venture bug was always in me, you know, so I always wanted to get out and adventures and see different things and do different stuff and um, pitched and hit and and played at San Antonio uh, or played at St. Mary's in San Antonio. Loved it. Uh, loved the culture, loved all that. Uh, but realized that, you know, maybe I want to be a little bit more competitive. Uh, the coach there just wanted me to pitch and not hit and I want to do a little bit more. So um, was fortunate to uh, earn an opportunity to play at the University of Oklahoma. And so I went up there to finish my career at the University of Oklahoma. And um, we had uh, quite a few players there from California. So and even on the baseball side. And um, so it was kind of fun because, you know, I still had a little piece of home, even though we were in Norman. Um, but, you know, I feel like we were kind of the team that put Oklahoma on the map, not the Oklahoma it is today, but, you know, we did jump into the top 25 when I was there and, um, we were at a rec field. So, um, you know, it's kind of cool to see the game grow at the hall of fame stadium, um, because we tried to grow it there at the university of Oklahoma and now it's even grown more into, to more. And now I'm competing against the the machine that has been built there. And I was a little, little small part of it. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. Um, and then from there, just had opportunities to uh, play over. I played in Holland. Um, I've traveled a lot just via softball. 
um, met some people along the the camps and clinics trail, and I was able to get into coaching with the Canadian national team. Um, been around Team Canada for years, so I am a little Canadian, even though I'm not true blood Canadian. But I uh, feel like you know when you coach in a couple Olympics and you wear the maple leaf, you know it's a, it's a part of you. So um, you know we've been able to do that, and um, through um, wanting to get into TV, radio, broadcasting, uh, some sort of opportunities there. Um, Wanted to get my master's degree. And so went down to uh, Barry University in North Miami Shores, uh, had an opportunity to start my master's, coach some softball. Didn't really know if softball was in my future. Definitely wanted to be in sports. But um, at the time, you know, you're not making a profession at it. Like it just wasn't uh, um, and not that I was seeking profession and, and money, financial part, you know, I was just, uh, didn't know where the sports world would take me. It was still in the travel mode, but while I was down there for a couple of years, uh, in Barry, the, um, opportunity to coach at Stanford opened up and, um, it's closer to home. So, you know, you're a couple hours from home, be nice to get out there. Stanford's of course, incredible. Uh, walked into that program. Um, we were the doormat of the pack and, um, we had one scholarship. And um, Sandy Pearsall, who's the coach that I was with there, was kind of the club coach, now trying to introduce it into a varsity scholarship program. Uh, I came in a year later. They hired John Rittman, who's now at Clemson. And uh, him and I, for the next 10 years, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, uh, got it to a fully funded program, made it to the World Series. Um, and just, you know, you just put your head down and you get after it. And next thing you know, you've done something pretty cool. And, um, you know, at that point I had opportunity to go become a head coach. And, um, even though I was an associate title there and we were doing a lot, you know, now the opportunity is to morph out and do some other things. And so I went to UNLV and, um, was there for five years and, um, throughout it all met quite a few people, um, was actually getting ready to go for, um, team Canada. We were heading to Beijing and, um, for the Olympics we were up in Canada training and um, someone called me for this job here at Florida State. And, you know, they said, this is a great fit for you. They want you to come down and see it. And I'm like, man, I really like where I'm at in Vegas. It's great. I'm heading over to Japan. We're getting ready to chain for, train for Beijing. Um, and then, you know, the conversation was intriguing enough to come down and look at. And I just fell in love with Florida State within, you know, two hours of being here. And now 16 years later, <laughs> here we are talking <laughs> and uh, about Florida State. Yeah. So um, a coach's journey um, is always all over the place. But uh, I've been lucky to absolutely love every place I've been and and learn a ton about it. And I think the grassroots of my family having the the outdoor bug and the the want to travel has helped me be very comfortable in a lot of traveling and in a lot of different places. So I'm grateful for it. And uh Fun to be sharing with you. Yes, that's good. So I'm curious. Um, I'm curious how the Florida State thing played out because I look at your record at UNLV. In the first year, you win 44 games, and then uh, there's a dip. You win 26, and then you get right back up, and you win 37. And usually, it's you get the you get the job. You usually get the next job after the 44 win season or the 37 win season. In 2008, you won 25 games and got the Florida State job. So, yeah, I'm super curious how that all played out. Who hired you at Florida State? Uh, yeah, walk me through that journey. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy uh, when we got down there. Um, tons of talent. We did a, a really good job of recruiting and um, 
that second season, we just hit the injury bug. You know, I had a couple ACLs, um, some arm action. I had some very unique injuries um, with some migraine stuff. And so, you know, I, I ended up having my catcher. She's playing shortstop. Like we were just all over the place, you know, so it definitely hit us and um, lots to learn in those seasons, lots to learn. And, um, you know, um, talking about trying to motivate through adversity <laughs> was uh, something that we talked about a lot there. So, um, but yeah, uh, I think that, um, you know, uh, when I was at Stanford, a senior women's administrator uh, at Stanford um, was brought here to Florida State. And so, um, and then I was always pretty big into volunteering and getting involved in the community and, and the athletic department. And so when I was at UNLV, um, I was on a title nine committee and they were doing some certification and, um, you know, I was just kind of at the table to help out. I wasn't running anything, but I was definitely someone to help out. And the um, president at the time here was a part of those TK Weatherall. And so, um, so I think, uh, you know, I met him there face to face and, um, you know, the SWA at Stanford. Uh, so when they got around the table here and they're starting to throw names around, and I think that's what before we got into all these research um, companies that come in nowadays to do head yeah. coaching stuff. But, you know, they would sit at the table and be like, who did you know? How do you know people? You know, and so my name kind of came up a couple of times. And uh, so that's where the phone call came in. And, um, you know, I always tell people, man, like you just don't know yeah. where your opportunities are going to take you and when, because by volunteering for a Title IX committee, you know, I met someone that changed my career here who, you know, they're no longer here, but um, they have definitely impacted my life. So, yeah, yeah so that's how I ended up here. And I was hired, uh, Monk Bonasort, um, who's passed away since um, he had a brain tumor and um, a very integral in my opportunities here and fighting for me here, you know, through the process. And, um, you know, as a coach Graf had been here you know, 30 plus seasons, done incredible things at Florida State. And, you know, it's the, the changing of the guard happens everywhere. And um, so, you know, I think it was a little bit tough at the time and who you're going to bring in to actually maybe keep the integrity and, and the the history and the respect, but then try to move it into the next, which is totally going to happen to me at some point too, right? <laughs> the next, yeah. next wave of sport. And so, um, you know, they just, uh, thought I would be a, a good fit and it's worked out to be incredible, you know, so very That's thankful. How, how much did it, how much did going to UNLV and, and, and taking over a program there, how much did that help then when you went to Florida state, what'd you learn at UNLV that you're like, okay, I'm glad I, I experienced that at UNLV because now I have, I mean, I don't think we ever have it figured out obviously, yeah. but yeah. those experiences at UNLV helped at Florida state. Yeah. How, what, what did that look like? Yeah, I would say that um, I really got a lot of my toolbox filled at Stanford. Mm. Um, I um, was in charge of grounds crew. I was in charge of the concession stands. I was in charge of the equipment room. I was in charge of the washing. I was in charge of the recruiting, the applications that, you know, like John and I were it and we were doing it together and um, we actually shared an office and we were in the, the grind of it if you would say a grind, you know, it was awesome. But, um, so when I went to UNLV, it was more of, you know, it was on my shoulders, but it was like, can you do it alone? You know, like, can you do it alone? So I, I think I got all the tools in the toolbox and now I'm going to take my toolbox somewhere else. And like, can I use these tools, you know? And so 
I think that's where a UNLV was great for me is because, you know, I knew that I had received the right um, experiences um, to be able to fall back on. And so, yeah, so, um, and, and probably the biggest thing at UNLV that I learned and, and I try to share to a lot of coaches is um, you don't know what it's like to be a head coach until you're head coach. Mm. And so for us as head coaches to get upset at assistant coaches, they've never been in the shoes of a head coach. So you have to like look through the lens of like, man, like, like it's sit- easy to sit there and say like, oh, why would you do this? Why would you do that? Well, you don't know until you're in those shoes. <laughs> and so to have a little grace and a little respect and on the other side um, to understand as a head coach that they don't understand that. Yeah. So I can't get frustrated because yes, it's easy in their shoes and like, they're not going to understand the difference. And I think if knowing that, like it can kind of um, have better communication with your staff because you, you, you know, have grace for each other on that side of it. And so, um, so I, I learned that, you know, I, it was harder to put your head down on a pillow at night because everything rested on your shoulders. And until you're in that situation where you worry about all your kids and what's going on. And if you're doing practice, right. And you just worry about every detail, you don't know that until it's all on your shoulders. <laughs> and so that was the biggest lesson. Yeah, that's good. Tell me about John Rittman. What'd you learn from him? Um, so John came in, um, with Teresa Wilson and they had built programs together at Oregon and Washington. And so, um, you know, I think that he was a jump start on the building of a program. And so when he came into Stanford, um, I think it was super cool right away, um, that he had the opportunity to keep me for a year because they made me an interim head coach. So he's like, they can, you can keep Lonnie for a year and move on. Or if you like what she does, then you can keep her. So thankful that they gave me that chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but right away he was, it wasn't about proving myself. It was like, okay, here, you got this, this, and this, and I'm doing this, you know? And so for him to, um, delegate, you know, right away, shared responsibility, go for it. Um, you know, treated with respect. It, it was just, it was, it was a team effort from the get go. So I definitely learned that side of it from him and is, um, you know, we're all in this together and it doesn't matter age or experiences. We're going to get it done. Yeah. Why do you think Florida state hired you? What, what did they see in you? Um, what are your strengths? Yeah. What I'm, I'm curious if you have insight into, um, yeah. Why'd they pull the trigger on yeah. <laughs> hiring you? Um, I mean, I had interviewed at quite a few schools at the time. So I just wasn't, it wasn't a out of the hat kind of thing. You know, I'd, I'd interviewed at, uh, LSE, LSU, Tennessee, Washington. I went up to Notre Dame, you know, I'd been to quite a few different opportunities and, um, some were on campus two day, three day, like get after it interviews, some were phone interviews, you know, so they're all varieties of interviews. And I think at that time, all softball programs were at a variety of different States too, you know, some were, um, kind of appeasing a little bit of like, we're going to pick up a, a softball program and somewhere like we're going to invest in a softball program. So they were different levels. And um, so, you know, I think for here, um, when you come to Florida state and you come to Tallahassee, it's a very uh, family oriented place. It's very people. Um, it's uh, you know, we're going to go hand in hand and get this done. And I, I really feel like that's my nature and my background. And so um, I think that probably stood out a little bit. It's a, it's a we thing, you know, and it's not, you know, a, a me and give us what we, you know, we're, we're going to work together and make this happen. And so I, I think that was a part of it. 
Um, and then I, I do think they were looking for a younger coach because they wanted someone to be here for a while. Um, that is definitely another Florida State thing. You, you see coaches come in here and they're definitely here for a while and they invest in their coaches. And so, um, so were there some tough times going through it? Yes, in the beginning, but you know, they kept pouring into me just as much as I was pouring into this place. And um, so I, I think uh, you know, it was a pretty good match. <laughs> yeah. And and what would if I if I pulled 20 student athletes that, that have played for you in the last, we'll just say last couple of years, how what do they think? And I and I asked them, what are what are uh, your coach's strengths? What does she do well? How would they answer that? Well, I would hope that they would say, um, you know, that I love them as people, you know, and I think that that's kind of our foundation here. That's definitely my North Star is to uh, I think the game has been so transformational for me personally and has given me so much more than the trophies on the field um, that. I get that I'm hired here to win ball games and I get that there's a transactional piece to it. Um, but if I can live in that crossroads of transformational and transactional. So um, I would hope they'd speak to the transformational side of it with a, a lot of fun of winning some games on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good. Love it. Um, in, in doing some research on just getting prepared for this interview, um, one person who knows your program pretty well talked about the, the the kind of the the family environment and it was interesting because this person said she has created an environment of of where where family is really felt but she doesn't talk family 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 you just kind of get in it and you're like man i think these people really care for me walk i'd be curious for you to like riff on how do you build that environment what do you what do you do specifically what do you do um to create an environment where your people feel loved and cared for and they can really you know flourish and and, and play at a high level yeah uh well i would say that we do talk about family a lot because it was one of our core values um probably later in my career of coaching have i really written core values down, define core values and have core values. And so um, I believe that I, I always kind of lived them, but I never really knew what I was doing. So it was kind of always a part of how we were. Uh, but then we really got into dissecting it. Uh, Brian Kane, our sports psychologist, you know, um, just really like getting into like, what do we do? What's the nitty gritty? How can we write it down? And, and family is definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, and how we came about that is uh you know, at the coaching staff, we had some index cards and we wrote five things down that defined the jersey. And then we did it with our team, five things that define the jersey. And then we started grouping things together. Well, family came up like 80% of the time. So we were already doing it, living it, yep. which is we haven't really defined it. And so, um, so I guess that goes back to your point of like, before we actually defined it, how did it happen? And um, I guess I would say that I am um, really big on the non-judgment piece. Um, I'm really big on, don't forget where you came from. I know what it was like to go to college. I know what it was like to every year, learn a little bit more about yourself and be comfortable more about yourself. And you, you come from a background of a culture of your family, and then you get those values tested in college. And then you get to learn other cultures and values of other family members because you're meeting other teammates. And, you know, it, it's so interesting what I think family dinner is, um, could be, uh, spaghetti out in the back porch 
And what you think family dinner is, is five o'clock, you're dressed to the nines and you're sitting around the table with everyone, right? So like, we have got to make sure that we understand here when you come here, what family means here. And it, it, I don't mind if it was a no cell phone dinner or a out in the country dinner, or whatever. I don't mind that. I respect the where you came from and I want you to contribute to this place too. And so I think that's how um, the judgment piece really gets thrown away. And then you could be vulnerable in that atmosphere. And it doesn't matter if you're a starter or a, uh, you know, a, a base runner, a defender, you know, you're part of our program as a manager, you're part of our program as a trainer, you're part of our program because everyone can contribute. So, um, so I take the village part very seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So maybe give me some insight. Your, your athletes get on campus, you know, middle of August ish. And uh, for 2023, 2024, new team, obviously you have returners, but yeah, it's, it's a new team. Yep. What, what are, what are, what do you, what do you do over the next, we'll just take the fall. What are you doing to just to, to really get this team to mesh and get this team to yeah. kind of, to your point, you know, become, become a family. Yeah. Give, give us insight into uh, behind the scenes of Florida state softball. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think the first thing with family is not everyone always gets along. <laughs> you know, you have the, I always thought you like Thanksgiving, you know, when you have family members come in and here comes crazy uncle, you know, <laughs> Joe or Tom or whatever. And, you know, and yeah, like uh, we just really dress that part, but we have a culture calendar. And so just as much as every coach sits down in the summer and they write up their fall schedule and they write up their lifting plans and their pitching plans, their hitting plans, we write up a culture plan. And so um, we make sure that, um, that we're going to dip into that once a week, if not more, and how we're going to do that. And, you know, in the beginning, it may be my idea. Um, like this year with Team 41, it's four, but written out one, only need everybody. I just want to make sure that in the beginning, like we realize we have a young infield, a young pitching staff, we're going to need everybody. It doesn't matter their experiences, right? So that's my message in the beginning. It'll morph into something for them as the season goes on organically but you know i want to have a little bit of the theme and then we read books together so um we're reading in defense of adversity right now we read it takes what it takes last year we read the legacy so we do a book club where um, players present and we we just have really candid conversations about things and so um hopefully to plant seeds for the team to grow in the season so there's nothing i'm looking for right now that's like oh there it is it's more of just growing and then when we hit it, when the season, when, when it gets tough and the travel's tough and the games are tough, we've got some foundation um, with this group, you know? So, um, so that's a bit of the things we do. We also do, um, we'll make coffee cups. We do, you know, just little things. Yeah, we'll go pick up trash. It doesn't have to be the whole team at times. It could be me and a few players, but just connection points, hospital visits, um, just connection points, touching, you know, and, and making sure our hands are around and, and, and it's not just me. I think that's the other thing too. It doesn't always have to be me. I'm completely fine. Some players will go to Travis. Some will go to Troy. Some will go to our director Alps, KT. We've got a player performance coach in Ellie and Kaylee Rafter. And, you know, so if they're going towards them, we're, I'm trusting everyone. We're all here for the same thing. So, okay. um, so I think as long as we are loving on every, you know, and, and touching points, it, it's going to be huge for us. 